Oh man, <laughs> we have so many of them. This is that. Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Subby. Welcome back. Welcome back. It is Sunday night. Uh, apologies, we didn't do one last night, but you know, back to back. We're not going to do Saturday and Sunday. It's a Sunday night special. This is crazy talk. So uh, also last night was uh, a loss and tonight was a win. That's much more fun <laughs> to talk about. So uh, Roscoe. Unless you're Steve. Angle. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. Unless you're Steve. And then you get all your views from losses and nobody cares when they win. Because you don't Ooh. scream about that. But that's why he has other hosts. But tonight we got Darty Broder and Southey. Um, hoping that Steph gets well soon. She is on COVID protocol still. And um, Beaner, congratulations on his victory tonight with the uh, the beer league. Man, that chalice he was hoisting is like bigger than the Stanley Cup. I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't pop his shoulder trying to lift that thing. So our, our very own Justin Bean is uh, away tonight as he was with his own team uh, playing in net and uh, winning. They won. Grinning Congrats. and winning. Grinning and winning. So uh, big W for them. But uh, unfortunately, we'll start with the Saturday night loss to uh, Jake Allen with 49 saves in the Montreal Canadiens. Not much to say. Matthews opened the scoring 36 seconds in, which we hoped would set the tone, but it didn't. Um, David Savard and Cole Caulfield scoring in the second, and Byron and Dvorak in the third. I mean, Nylander scored a power play goal in there, but uh, kind of the talk of the night was his lack of effort. So it kind of it's one of those times where you almost wish he didn't score <laughs> just so you could be a little bit meaner, right? Like, yeah, it just it's harder to send the point home when he scores. But man, he just the giveaways. It's like, what happened with this guy? He's getting two in his head. I don't know. I thought it was just the trade talk. And after deadline, he'd snap out of it. But it, he hasn't. No, he definitely hasn't yet. And we really need him to because he's so important to our secondary scoring. But the thing is, like, look, like we all have opinions as Leafs fans. I kind of was just before the broadcast started saying, like, you know, some of us are just really shitty Leafs fans. Right. And like, look, Sheldon Keefe isn't the kind of guy to like hide when he's got a problem with his players. And like, it's more more so the fact he's pretty fucking vocal about it, too, like to the, the media. And I'm pretty sure you can quote me on this if I'm wrong, but pretty sure that when asked about Willie's performance, he didn't say anything at all. Like besides saying that, you know, Willie's got it, you know, like Willie's he'll be fine. Like, you know, to paraphrase, like from what I took from that, again, you can take whatever you want from it. But what I took from it was that he didn't have too much to say, you know, negative regarding Willie. Right. Like, I think if he's confident enough that Willie will find his game, then I am confident enough that Willie will find his game. All right. Like, look, we can shit on these players all day till the cows come home. Look how much we shit on Mikheyev before, you know, blah, 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 we're here now. And he's like, you know, Superman again, you know, no kidding. <laughs> I, no, you're right. No. And I agree with Darty too. Like given Nylander's history, he is kind of a streaky player and he comes in spurts, but this is kind of a prolonged slump that he's in. And we really need him to get out of it. Like before. Playoffs. Yeah. And there's a difference between a scoring slump and, playing bad defensively and just looking a little lackadaisical out there lack of effort yeah yeah it's it's tough to watch because i mean him missing the net i can deal with night after night until he scores but like it's the turnovers and the the play in his own end and the passes to nowhere and just kind of giving up on things like that's what's starting to concern me is that's that's new for him yeah, that's the thing. Like, if he's not scoring, we can get past that because you know he's going to do it eventually. But if he's making plays in his end, then we can forgive that. 
but he's absolutely not doing that right now. And that's a huge problem. I, I would say like, yeah, I would and kinda, I mean, no, go for it, go for it. No, 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 no. You go on. Cause I'm going to move on. I was just saying like as a nail, nail in the coffin point here, like the way I see it is like, you know, every player has their moment of going through the yips, right? We saw, we're seeing that we're seeing this and possibly hope he gets out of it, you know, because Mrazic won tonight, but uh, you know, Mrazic had a, you know, pretty much shit the bed for his series of games. But it's like with Willie right now, like he's just, I can, st- I can, you guys, again, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I'm seeing it, like when I watch him on the, uh, you know, replays and stuff, it's like, it looks like his head is in the game, but there's like, there's something that's just missing. Right. And, you know, maybe he is going through his own version of the yips. He, he's kind of lost the, his grip on, you know, playmaking and, and the tactics of, you know, positioning, right. Obviously he has moments of, of brilliance when, you know, he's scoring on, on, you know, the power play, but at the same time, you know, when it comes down to the actual brass tacks of like, you know, you don't want to make bad giveaways because that's how you lose. All of a sudden he kind of like, Oh, you know, the wires are getting crossed a little bit. Right. So it does seem like he has a bit of a hesitation at like, especially his first pass where he receives it in the, in our offensive zone, not our offensive, sorry, our defensive zone. And he's trying to make a breakout play. That's where he's always coughing the puck up. And that's, you know, it's not very much like him. And that's a confidence thing, I think. Yeah. And we even saw the one tonight, uh, one of, <clears throat> the Panthers' goals was because he yeah. coughed it up literally right in front of Mrazic. and when he got just... put on the first line for what ten seconds, and then they got yeah, yeah. And when you have such good defensive play from Matthews and Marner, it's almost like... and from Tavares, mm-hmm. too, you just expect that all four of them are like that. And I mean, maybe we just shouldn't expect that from Nylander, and you know, he's a different player. But again, it so, might come from that lack of synchronicity that Suddy was talking about, right? Like on that second line. Um... Yep. He's usually I mean, counted on like anyway. to make us. A a smart first play out of his zone, but he just hasn't been doing that. And I think once he starts getting his defensive zone corrected, the offense will obviously follow. No, I agree. Uh, just to round off the Montreal game, there was a lot of talk about the deserve to win meter uh, This was one of those times like when, uh, what was it against Shesterkin really, really early in, early in this season where they outshot New York like crazy. I mean, they outshot Montreal 51 to 18, but Montreal out hit them 30 to 11. They out, Faceoff dotted them 36 to 25 and uh you know at the end of the day i i don't think the leafs deserve to win that game any more than montreal did i thought it was pretty deserve to win a meter like honestly some things yeah. are kind of bullshit right at the end and that's like that's coming from like you know this is leafs talk this is like this is leaf city of course we're going to hear stuff like deserve to win a meter but at the, at the end of the day it's like i was watching that game like the leafs played a damn good game but they were what are they they were one one or something against the against the canadians when the shots were shots on goal were like 20 to 11 right like where's the where's the deserve to win meter there they, <laughs> you're getting more shots and you're not getting more goals right so like and i mean i flipped over to the ottawa um florida game that was on last night i mean granted florida ended up making a comeback late in the third and winning it in the shootout but they were out shooting ottawa the same amount it was like 44 to 16 or something and they were down three to one it was the same situation so it's hard against these bottom feeder teams sometimes because they're unpredictable and they can just collapse in front of their net because they they really like none of them have much to play for. So that's I the just thing. Think like they'll all block a shot. They bring all the shots from outside of like the danger zone. So if you're pumping 40, 50 shots from, you know, outside the circle in the blue line, you're probably not gonna score that much. And exactly. The Habs are just getting way too many good looks. Like the the Leafs kinda you know, we always talk about how they kind of play down to their opponents, right? Like 
you know, the tabs played, played up. Like Allen got better over time in that game. Like he gave up that goal and he was like, Nope. Okay. That's going to be it for today. Like, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get embarrassed tonight. And, you know, sometimes we see the opposite from the Leafs goalies where they kind of get that, you know, that weak goal that goes in and they're like, Oh, it's going to be a rough night, buds. <laughs> but yeah. Allen looked look like he, he's like, you know what? Not to, not today. And, uh, you know, Caulfield came out there scoring, like, you know, they had that, vicious what was it three on one and like i was I, at the end of the third there with uh, i think labushkin kind of made a good move there um to like cover i guess the uh the one-timer and just you know yeah, he covered the both passes the rookie goalie kind of couldn't see you know he kind of looked a little scared there but again it's eric shalgren like who the hell is this guy like seven games ago right like we don't <laughs> like what are we gonna expect from Shalgren, right like yeah he got to shut out his first game but he's also like our backup 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 right like <laughs> exactly yeah. no teams have notes on this guy so once they start getting some you know yeah once you can yeah. watch a couple you get a bit of tape and... on the guy you kind of you can game plan it a little bit yeah but no it's a good point on labushkin that he he did leave the the shot for Shalgren to see and cut the passes off, which is something that, you know, if that were Justin Hall, that wouldn't happen. So it's nice to see that there's some good defensive plays. Yep. And that was another thing I wanted to talk about is the defense in both of these games, score aside, it's so much more consistent and solid and you can breathe easier. Like Geo has been awesome. Lubushkin's been fantastic. Yeah. Like, the amount of hits he throws around is nuts. He brings like a sandpaper element to on D that we really, really lacked. He's the only guy who's like nasty to play against. Yeah, and everyone thought they were crazy for putting him on the first line, and now it makes sense. Like yeah. he clears the net front and gives all the space in the world for Riley to go up. And look at that. That takes us into tonight. 49 seconds in, Morgan Riley scores. Say. So uh, from Austin Matthews and TJ Brody, beautiful goal. Uh, I caught the replay because I was doing dishes as the game started. I think I missed one, but I should have known from last night that they can score real early. Dishpan hands Roscoe. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Threw the gloves off. I had I do the um, I had Bluetooth headphones on and I was in the kitchen so I could hear it. And I was like, oh, shit, and dropped everything and ran. He threw yeah, off the gloves, put floor. on the palm <laughs> olive. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how you got to do it. Commit. So um, any notes on this one? It was a nice goal. Yeah, it was a pretty nice goal. It's nice to score again, first minute in type of thing. Sets a tone for the game. Yeah, especially when it's Florida. I mean, yeah, Florida, Florida, Florida. So, we uh, love Florida. Brandon Montour, uh, defenseman on the other side, picks up the second goal to tie it up from uh, Bennett and Jonathan Uberdo with his 69th assist of the season. You joking? That's the one I thought tonight maybe Mrazik could have had because he was the only guy out there and he had to realize that. So if he came out like further out in his crease, he probably could have angled it out. But he was still a little bit deep in the net. And yeah. yeah Other than that. thing is subpar. He's still got he's still, he's still got room to improve. Like there's a couple there's a couple chances for, by the Panthers where um, his positioning, if they, you know, ha- had the puck a little bit more square in the net, he would have completely screwed us over. Like he's again, somebody's got to work on it on where he sets himself up um, in, in those moments. But, you know, we got lucky. We got lucky a few times that, uh, you know, the post made some saves and the guys just couldn't, you know, get a clear shot or get a clear angle. Right. You know, it happens sometimes. So I'm not, not to get that. ahead of ourselves. I feel like later on in the game, his position did get much better, but like the guy's only six feet tall. So he has to be like pinpoint on his angling. 
No, that's fair. Uh, Dangle made a funny point that he does something every game that you just think no one taught you that. There's n- there's no coach that taught you that. He's that like is a just street something hockey goalie sometimes. Peter Morazic does. Like I've never seen a goalie slide side to side as far as he does and overplay or underplay them. Yeah, sometimes he plays a little bit like how I play on like NHL. Like if I that's why I don't I try to avoid touching the goaltender. <laughs> like I'm such yeah, exactly. a novice, such a rookie. Anytime I touch the goaltender is a goal. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, um, actually, I mean, just to rewind, I got to give Jake Allen credit for breaking up that. What was it, Wayne Simmons, who had the little breakaway there, and and Allen tapped it right off his stick before he could get it? Yeah, you just robbed that one-timer. Yeah, sure. it was. Yeah. yeah. As I said, he got better that entire game, right? And, like, that's another thing. Like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a 3-2 game, right? Like, if you don't count that goal, it's a 3-2 game, right? Like, it looks worse than yeah. it was, but, uh, you know. Uh, same thing this game this was a, this was a 4-2 game essentially right like the leafs you know the leafs <laughs> not to my fantasy team baby <laughs> no and, but what i'm saying yeah. is like the the ending the end score looks it looks worse depending on how you want to look at it right like anybody can change the statistics to mean whatever you want you know you look at the 4-2 and you think oh the leafs were shit but you know they there was there was moments of of you know lucidity clearly for the leafs and then there's moments of wow like that's how you're going to play tonight <laughs> and same same yeah. thing tonight like there's there's as i said looking at Morazic, like you know, he had some moments where it was like looking a little scary, but he kind of pulled his boot at the end there. He pulled his fucking bootstraps up. You know, sorry, I keep swearing. Okay. And, uh, After the first, yeah, he yeah. was like rock solid. Yeah. So Lomberg opened the second, a minute and a half in with a goal to put Florida ahead two to one. So, I mean, I think that's something that we shouldn't forget about here is John Tavares scored two back to back power play goals to get the Leafs ahead. And so like nice like- goals too. His first one was a great reaction with his hand eye. Got the rebound, put it on his backhand, tucked it in. Super JT goal. And the second one, Marner, my God, he looks so good on there. Had a great play. Looking at the goalie the whole time. Faked him out, fed it to uh, JT right on the corner of the crease, tip in. That guy's got yeah. eyes like no one else does in the league. That's right another now. thing, too, is like these Leafs. Like, yeah, so Morgan Riley with. Go for it, go for it. No, I was going to say Riley with a goal and an assist tonight puts him at uh, 51 points. Yeah. So the Leafs and Colorado are now the only teams with six players. Six, yeah. With 50 or more points. He was third star tonight, right? Sorry, third, go ahead. No, no, he was third star, right? Or I think he was. Mo? He was, was he first? He was second yeah, or third. He was second or third. third, I think. I, yeah. don't t- I think Johnny T yeah, was, was JT, first. Marner, and... Yeah. Yeah. But was Marner say- with three assists, 45, 46, and... On a similar vein to the last point, though, I was just going to say that the... Uh, you know this this power play like you know it's it's scary sometimes when the boys don't score in it like to me it's like you guys are so good like how you, <laughs> like you just want them to score every single time i think that's what we kind of got screwed on last game with the habs but this game is just we were on fire like, <laughs> they, now, what do you guys think of doing the same thing that florida does where just on the power play throw five forwards out there i don't really think that's necessary because you got guys like giordano and morgan riley who are great at power playing or be quarterbacking the power play. So I kind of yeah, like I having them back was, there. If Ekblad was in, he'd probably be there, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't want to risk enough. I wouldn't want to risk and like, you know, you know how embarrassing those uh those shorthanded goals are, right? I wouldn't want to put us in a position to like, you know, Willie Nylander ourselves into a bunch of no, shorthanded especially goals. Especially <laughs> like when you get like a really tight play at the blue line, like those guys always make the right decision. Yeah. As opposed to if you got Marner or Willie back there, I wouldn't trust that nearly. Just as doing much. a little pirouette and hey, here, take the take this puck. It's <laughs> yeah. So uh, three two going into the third. Ilya Mikheyev, damn, this guy's fast. Sold. Holy shit! So before, I mean, we were talking about how he's 
beating Connor McDavid to pucks in, in races. And it's like, oh, shit, he's faster than him, but maybe not as good with a puck at high speeds. He's starting to put that together. Like, he is. he's <laughs> he's putting the hands and speed to the same use. And, oh, my God, That's why even, 14 goals, career high. That was even a, Mike, go ahead, Dirty. No, I was just going to say, even Mike Babcock, like he he's taking uh, selfies with uh, McKay of a, a gas of buck, 17 <laughs> yeah. a liter. It's like, no wonder. You know, those are the good every time I Every time I see McKay get a goal like that, I'm like, man, gas was so cheap. <laughs> man, but that goal was like, that was all Martin, though. Like, he... Was at the red line, center ice, tucks down, cradles the puck, stutters a little bit. No, he like knows he has Mikheyev coming up, hits him perfectly in stride, and Mikheyev finishes off. But like that's what Marner brings you. It's unreal his eyes and vision and patience. Yeah, and just to rewind a little bit, his vision is great. His passing is fantastic. But uh, he did have that insane slap shot goal the other night. Do, was that what Matthews was thinking was going to happen when he dropped that puck back to Marner instead of taking the shot himself as he leads the Rocket Richard race and is on a breakaway? I he doesn't make a lot of questionable plays. That is the first time that was I've very yeah. Austin, that what was like so doing? unlike Matthews. Like this guy is the best fucking shooter in the league, and he just drops it. Marner wasn't even sure what was going on. He like he shrugged his head. Yeah, at first I was like, did Mitch call for that? Nope, because he was not ready for it. Like, who no. ordered that pizza? Like, that's. <laughs> <laughs> but I maybe that even goes to show you, like, how nope. Mark is playing and, like, how the guys in the room respect his player right now, too, because, like, you're just looking for him right now. I just would have thought, like, maybe, like, Matthews, why don't you take that shot? And if, if Marner's in the right position, he grabs the rebound. Like, why? Of course. Yeah. Like, why? Like, <laughs> like, I, it's funny. I, like, just had that, like, the, uh huh. Like, what? <laughs> also, to go back to that one JT power play, that was Marner's 300 assists as a Leaf. Fastest Leaf to ever reach 300 assists. That's absolutely crazy. Attaboy, Mitchie. Uh, the other thing I just want to give a shout out to tonight Leafs were outshot 34 to 23, and they out hit Florida 31 to 30. Let's go, Florida boys. out hit Florida. All right, you see that little collision on the third period, oh, like right. Marshmallow yeah. and uh, the guy with that other funny sounding name, like, like, yeah, good, like karma. All right, like, those guys are man, like, like, didn't we get like the worst, stupidest, like, penalty call because someone got purposely tangled up in Hall's legs or something like that? Like, what you the hell was that? Hall. Justin Hall took a penalty literally the minute, not even, the second he got out, like 16.34, and he was on the ice for 10 seconds before he took another penalty. That was bullshit. Uh, I kind of thought it was a penalty. Hall definitely could have avoided him. He put his shoulder into him a little bit. That was, that was a dumb penalty on Hall's part, I think. Like, really, we're going to call that interference, but, like, everything else that happened that game wasn't, like... Gudis only got two penalties. They tonight. did let They're things go six. after that for sure. Yeah. Well, it was like the guy like, put his legs around him like a spider monkey. Like, <laughs> what do you want? Gudis yeah, is JT such a and shit disturber, with, man. Him and JT with that little, like, he gets punched in the face. So JT kind of goes back at him and throws him down. They both get called for roughing, but they should have got, like, Gudis should have gotten roughing before Tavares mm-hmm. got anything. Ha- like, the whistle should have gone before Tavares had the chance to retaliate. And to that point, Tavares was being pretty nasty all game like that. Like, he wasn't taking shit. If he got hit like that, he was pushing back, which is very, very nice to see, especially from him. All of them have been like that. I th- feel like the last three games we've made that comment yeah. about Matthews and Marner and now JT. Who just... Even in the defensive oh, zone, shit. like, one They're thing I noticed today, like, 
all as a collective, like all five of them are dropping back in front of the net and protecting. Like they're getting the sticks out, they're laying lumber. It's really good to see. That is for sure. IT's looking so yeah. nasty. He looks like the next time he sees Corey Perry, he's gonna rip his mustache off. Like it's tied yeah. on with glue. <laughs> like no, like after because after that hit, like immediately as soon as he got hit, I was like, man, I hate when that happens to Tavares. But then I like like was watching it like fully because I again I was listening to the broadcast. So like as soon as like I only watched the third right. So as soon as I watched it fully, I was like, oh shit! Like not only did he get like you know kind of hit there, but he also was like, yo. F and just came yeah. and just gave him a couple, you know, a couple shots to the head. Like he's like Tom Wilson against, uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> Artemi Panarin. Uh, oh. <laughs> give, him a, give him a couple cheap shots there, you know? <laughs> oh boy. So let's go to a, we got a question from the, uh, the pigeon coop in the Twitterverse. Caw, caw. So Pat Hurdle, <clears throat> put your GM hats on. This summer, would you move Nylander, presumably out west to Anaheim, LA, or San Jose, to clear room to re-sign Ilya Mikheyev? Realistically, I mean, I'd move Mikheyev. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. If you're moving Nylander, it's not to accompany Mikheyev. Like, you're doing it to bring someone huge in at that point, right? Yeah. Is that person making less money though potentially is that the move i feel like that's a dubious type of move to bring in maybe two guys at kneelanders cost but man they have to be good players because when he's on he's on exactly and unless you're replacing them with two people that ah shit but there's so many depth people in this lineup like who do you bump out well i mean it's it's safe to assume that this might be the last year for either simmons or spezza yeah for sure Spezza seems but like a child every time I see him, though. Like he just looks younger and younger. Like you see him in the interviews, and he just, you know, he doesn't sound like Simmons. Kind of sounds rough. Like he sounds like he's been, you know, he's got city miles on him. But like Spezza, like he's just out there having a, you know, he's just in a silly, goofy mood all the time. You know? But I mean, this is what disappointed me about tonight. You've got Claude Giroux, you've got uh, Simmons and Spezza, you got Giordano out there, and Florida didn't play Joe Thornton. <laughs> Are you joking? We couldn't complete the veteran lines tonight. But I feel like that's what Spets is going to be next year, is he might be in the team, but he might be the extra forward. Yeah, maybe that's where he should be, because in the first half of the year, he was doing you know pretty good Spets of things. In the second half, he's just completely slowed down, right? Although he still makes like, responsible thing plays. We saw from Joe, Joe Thornton. It's a long season, man. It's a grind. But Spets and Thornton are different guys, though. Like you watch, you, you, you see how jo- Joe Thornton plays. Like he still kind of acts like a bit of a hoser. Whereas, like I said, like Spetsa might be goofy, but that's but he also still like he plays like a young young man. Whereas Thornton kind of plays like a you know I said like a hoser. Like he's like still trying to you know be tough and rumble when he's not right. Like yeah, and Spetsa has like some specialties. Like if you put him on a penalty kill on a face off, he's gonna win it for you. If you're in an offensive zone, he can win you that draw and get off the ice right mm-hmm. away too. So like his intangibles are a little bit more important than someone like Thornton. Okay, so to pull it back to the question, um, we just signed Abrazzese's. Assuming Nyes is also getting signed, that's. I mean, you've got Engvall, Nyes, Abrazzese's, Mikheyev, Kampf, Kasha. I mean, Robertson. Kasha and Mikheyev are both. UFAs, um, Robertson, Hosang. Maybe. I mean, I don't think that's gonna happen. No, I yeah, think it yeah. would have by now. But Agreed. like, like, 
why are we assuming McKay is staying? Like, like he, if he's a great enough player, like we got to do him the do him the service of going somewhere else, man. Like he deserves to be, you know, like the obviously like, at the beginning of the season, we're like McKay, what the hell? You can't talk like that. But at the same time, like he's playing well, he's playing great, and like maybe he does deserve to go somewhere else. Like you know, like we're, I don't think he's ever going to get the time on ice that he he wants playing for the Leafs. And you like, won't. are we really are we really going to screw no, him over no. like that? Like like. I'm not gonna be upset if he goes and plays well somewhere else because, like, you know what? Like, one, we can't, you know, we can't afford him to, to pay him, you know, minor money, and you know, two, like, you know, there's other teams that could use him, right? Like, <laughs> it sucks, but that's just how it is. Right? He wanted, he, to, he wanted to go somewhere else. Too? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He asked for a trade, so I'm not upset and, I mean, about he'll that. He'll join the list of Mason Marchman and Connor Verhage and Connor Brown, and uh, I mean, I'm just off the top of my head here. Who else did we who walked? Zach Hyman, like yeah, so many guys. He's going to be like that type of ilk, and Dubis we'll just is going to do what he does, side. and he's going to replace that money with one or two other guys. Yeah, like, I'm only saying for Haggy and uh, what's Marchment because we played against them tonight. They were both Leafs. They're also nice, but names. you know, you see them, cool and you go, damn, we wish we would have had them on the team, but. I like the team we have, mm-hmm. and I don't know where I'd fit them. To I think that's where it is at the end of the day. The question, no, you're not trading Nylander so you can accompany Mikheyev. No. If you move Nylander, it's to, like, really probably bring in a goaltender. Yeah, it's a, a goaltender move. team-altering trade. Like, that's the type of thing you can't do at the deadline. It has to be in the offseason, and it has to be, like, a huge thing. Because he is only signed for, like, just over seven and when he's on, man, he's definitely worth every cent of that contract. Of course. And I think the one that will be more interesting to watch in the offseason is uh, what happens with Jake Muzzin, to be honest. Yeah. At the money he's got sure. and uh, with the injury and everything. Yeah. So offseason will be interesting. So, yeah, that's that's the answer to the question. Our next one comes from Mike, MTC underscore 80. So, uh, when healthy... Bunting, Matthews, Marner, Nyes, Tavares, Nylander, Mikheyev, Kampf, Engvall, Kasha, Kerfoot, Blackwell, Extras, Simmons, and Spezza. I'll go to the D after, but what do you guys think of the forward options? Personally, I don't think... Uh, I mean, A, Nyes isn't signed yet, and Abrazazes is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if splitting Kasha and Kampf up is the best. I don't like Kerfoot on the fourth line. Me neither. Um, I don't think Nyes is ready to play with Tavares and Nylander. And I also don't think Tavares and Nylander are the duo that they should go with moving forward for the rest of the season. But, no. Um, well, it depends, I right? Mean, maybe things change. I don't know how to rebuild Maybe things this. change over you know, the next couple of games. Like maybe they start listening to Leafs late <laughs> night and they say, look, let's pick it up, fellas. But it's not looking like that. <laughs> At this point in the season, you really want to bring in a rookie to play on your second line team, like uh, second line, who's going to probably go against first line players. Like maybe you can put up offensively, but he's definitely not going to be ready defensively. Hey, I mean, Cole Caulfield came in right before the playoffs to join Montreal in the same position like he came off of his college deal right but he was one of the most highly touted goal scorers in a while though yeah and so was matthew nyes didn't the same thing happen I with the kill mccarr too right like just came in for the for the postseason and kind of just started yeah tearing it up i mean i'm not saying that nyes is a mikhail mccarr but it's not like matthew or um cole caulfield is a fantastic I mean, he's good, but... Didn't he have, like, a terrible 20 was... games, too, before, like, you know, scoring on us? He did. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just think the the potential is there, but I don't see him going on the second line with Tavares and Nylander. I think it's going to be something more like... Uh, like, you switch... I hate to say it, but you break up the first line. 
like before you throw a rookie on the second. I just think there's no room for him in this lineup this year. Because if he's not in yeah. the top two lines, he's not going to benefit in the bottom two. I think Nyes and Abruzzese's are extras if anybody gets injured. Yep. Probably when anybody gets injured. I was going to say, knock on wood, but yeah, when anybody gets injured, happen. right? Like, you can't not predict these things. <laughs> it is nice yeah. to have that depth. Like, he's a great piece, and he's going to be a huge part of us going forward, but I just don't see it, especially, like, when the playoffs are so fucking important this year. Like, Yeah, and I mean, with the salary cap and how tight the Leafs are, the fact that we have this much depth, you should just be happy about it. Like, Agreed. The fact that we're arguing over how many different ways you can put this lineup together is a good thing. Yeah. So let's move to defense. Riley Labushkin, Muzzin Brody, Giordano Sandin, extras Lillian Hall. I like Riley Labushkin. I think Giordano Brody and Muzz... Uh... I don't know where Muzzin fits in, man. I think Muzzin's your seventh. I love Lily in the lineup. Yeah, Lily and Sandine with Gio and Brody, Riley Labushkin. I think Muzzin is your your seventh, and Hall is jetted into the sun. What's the timeline like with Muzzin? I haven't been paying attention to that. Anybody have like That's any concrete details? Too, right? Like, I was on the impression that like as much as we like to say, oh, like, oh, LTIR, we're gonna save some money. I, I was on the impression like we might not get him back at all. Like, you just. Kind of seemed a little rough out there, you know? He practiced Friday yeah. in a non-contact jersey. Um, yeah, it doesn't really say. So they thought he was going to come back before the playoffs. It looks like that's still going to happen. I just I don't know what his level of play is going to be at. If he's playing like Muzzin can play, then you got to have him in the lineup because he is pretty nasty. He's a big force on D. And I guess that really does put Lily to the seventh guy. Which, you know, it's hard to swallow, but going to the playoffs, it's kind of nice to have that depth, too. Yeah. Um, my only thing with Muzzin is if he's had another concussion, hopefully with this time off, he's been able to heal the other things that were ailing him. I know yeah. a lower body injury. Agreed. So hopefully that's all good, because if he's not able to throw the body, like, that's pretty much 80% of the value of him is is hitting people and, you know, throwing the body around. So if if he's protecting his head and protecting his half his body, so... Depends how, how healthy he is. And it also depends on what kind of muzzy we get back. Like, I don't want, like, you know, sad Keanu Reeves muzzy that he's kind of looked like past, you know, <laughs> when, before he went out. Like, I want, I want like, the LA Kings, like, you know, this guy is actually evil and will, you know, suck your blood, like, muzzy. Like, <laughs> like he, he, he doesn't have yeah. that fire in his eyes. He, you know, he, the past couple of games that he was playing, they just look tired out there, right? Like, just, you know, if we can get back the guy who's, like, you know, literally looks like he's been sniffing some bath salts and there you go like <laughs> i think to roscoe's point like if he comes back well rested and all his other nicks and stuff are actually healed and he can play like a nasty player like he is and that's a huge addition to them but if he can't then man you gotta put lily in yeah especially with how he's been playing with geo yeah and can we just take a second and appreciate as leaf fans that kyle dubas has put together a defensive core that it includes tj brody jake muzzin and mark giordano and they're none of them are the first pair. No, like these guys are adults back there. They make responsible decisions and they're like a calming influence back there, which is definitely what you need when you have guys like Sandine and Lily Blaine. People want to talk a yeah. lot of shit about Kyle Dubas, but this guy red paper clipped his way into like building a really strong team. All right. Like yeah. it's hard 
to do what he did. And like, like, especially looking at what happened with the whole Chicago, you know, the leaked information thing, like the guy doesn't deserve to be treated the way he's being treated sometimes, right? Like he's just, no. he's just out here, like really doing, you know, a lot with a little and he's made some bad moves, but no, in this cap era, like it's very difficult to not make a bad move every now and then, right? Again, like, I don't like the guy a hundred percent of the time, but like looking at like the solid D that we finally have is incredible considering where we started. Like <laughs> if you, yeah, if you compare our roster from now up to four years ago, it's night and day. Like the things he's Bro, done with Nikita this. Zaitsev. <laughs> Nikita Zaitsev is signed for like another five years at four and a half million dollars. Yeah, like, so aren't you guys happy? You don't have to see CC. Yeah. <laughs> Like fuck, um, Martin Marincin and oh Ozhiganov, remember him? That's a, that's a this is an extremely say. serviceable defensive line, and we've got some depth on it too. Like you're talking about Lillian Hall being your seventh and eighth. That's pretty good. Man. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. Okay, so instead of pretty pretty good tonight, because uh, it's the 94th Academy Awards tonight. So uh, we're going to do it a little bit different. Fun fact, uh, I just checked. Dune has won six Oscars already. Oh, really? Yeah, holy moly. Um, So let's do who gets best actor on the Leafs. Hmm. This we'll say is... um, We'll we'll, we'll say this is literal. Are you going to give us some candidates, though? I mean, this goes to Michael. (laughs) Give us to Michael Bunting anyway. Okay, so... Who's best actor? Let's say, like who who has um, given the best performance? Fuck, that's just gonna be Matthews. Yeah, it's gonna say, Matthews. best actor is best actor is Matthews. That's it. Like, He's our Leo, goes, right? The word yeah. goes to Austin yeah, Matthews. No. All right, this is easy. And best supporting actor is but Michael Bunting. The, best right? supporting goes to Martyr. Oh, isn't that how I would go to Bunting? Martyr Martyr is not a supporter. You know okay, what I mean? Here like, we Martyr, go. Now it's Martyr, interesting. Martyr is actually. I would say. I would. Martyr lost to Matthews. I would go so far as say Martyr lost to Matthews. Right, like. Bunting would be the supporting Ooh, okay, like, character. Like Marner's too yeah, much yeah, of a great actor. Like if we're watching, like, say if we're comparing it to a movie, like Marner would not be like the support. We, we, we wouldn't come in for like a supporting role unless he was like you know in a fringe movie. <laughs> That's fair. No, you're right. He would he would sooner be a star in a lesser movie than yeah be the supporting actor in a bigger one. No, or he just got to have his like Revenant season where he just robs everyone. <laughs> Is this Matthew's revenant season where doesn't matter what the Leafs do, he's going to win every award? He's yeah. getting hypothermia eaten by bears. He doesn't give a fuck. He's winning this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, sorry. I, I thought that would work. It was better in my head. Uh, that was good. Like that was idea. good. You got a lot of fighting here, too. It's like the Academy Awards already, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. No, that wasn't the Oscars. Uh, so. So we, what, what's our final that, opinion? Leafs. Sadi, what are you saying? You're saying uh, best best actors as Matthews? Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. yeah. He's the leading man of this team, especially this season. The guy's putting up ridiculous goals per game. And uh, best sound editing goes to uh, we not still do Beaner. That? I thought they got that the Oscars. <laughs> I'm sorry, Beaner. You sound no, awful the past couple of years. Beaner, you're cut. <laughs> you're cut. <laughs> your sound guy's no, they- cut. Much love to be. They're just—they're uh, not televising it. That's such bullshit, man. Yeah, they cut a bunch of them from being televised. It's really stupid. Coming down uh, as a like movie sound recordist—that's that's unbelievable. It's very unbelievable. Tragic. Uh, okay, so because the Leafs beat the Panthers tonight, 
that puts the Bruins at 87 points, the Leafs at 87 points, and the Lightning at 88 points. They've all played 65 games. Holy shit. Uh, This is shaping up to be an absolute race. I didn't think it was going to be this close. Like two months ago, it was kind of set. You know, Florida and Tampa were the top. Leafs were in third and Boston was like 12 points behind. And now it's deadlocked. I mean, Florida's still six points ahead. But, uh, oh, my God. So, if this stays as it is, Leafs would play Tampa. Who would you like to play in the first round if we, if given the choice? Boston. Start with you, Sadie. Boston? Oh, sorry, Darty. You say Boston? Sorry. <laughs> I've been jumping the gun all day, all right? So why? Sadie? Okay, no, no, no. No, it's just... The- there's delay. Uh, so that. why do you say why do you say Boston? Why should I Boston? Because you know what? Sometimes you take the demon that scares you the most. You don't you don't you don't just like you know I don't know, it's like deal or no deal. You're like, you know what? I say no deal. And you go for Boston and you take them on and you fucking destroy them and you watch as Marshan just cannot do what he did years ago and you just look at how much this team has grown and i don't want to play them in the second i don't want to play them in the third because if we beat boston i can guarantee we will beat every single team that comes our way because they'll see that we've grown call it call, call it that leafs fan optimism but i want to see boston in the first round and i want to destroy them and i don't want them to have the satisfaction I mean, of taking us out in the second i don't have them the satisfaction of taking us out in the third i want to take them out right away that's it boom Sorry. It is poetic, and like there's this overcoming a giant type of thing, right? If you knock down Boston, but yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with Dirty. I think I would rather Boston in the first round. They seem more beatable so than everyone else. The only way that happens is if Boston and the Leafs both overtake Tampa between now and the end of the season. Yeah, that's a big ask. Vasilevsky it for is, Civ 2022. It's not impossible. Like I said, they're all they all have 41 wins. And 19 losses. I mean, Tampa's 41, 18, and 6 with one more point. But, like, literally, Toronto and Boston have the exact same record, 41, 19, and 5. Yeah. So... (laughs) Yo, this hypes up our next episode, It's deadlocked, man. It does. It does. Unfortunately, um, Sadie and I aren't available. We're going back to work tomorrow for a while. So wow, uh, sorry. It'll be week. We'll be available games Saturday or, nights. Weekend games or Steph is hosting. Apologies. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. But uh, I think after tonight, I like Florida for the first round because I feel like they play a very similar game to the Leafs. They don't have uh, or sorry, they play similar to how the Leafs were earlier in the season. Uh, they don't have amazing defense especially with Ekblad out yeah their goaltending is mediocre uh and questionable you think so like uh, they're resting Bobrovsky right now just so they can get Spencer Knight some reps I think I think their goaltending is way better than ours Bobrovsky's not hurt is he uh I mean no I thought he was No, no he was on the bench tonight he's just resting up before playoffs Panthers have more goals against than the Bruins and Lightning just saying. They're D's shit I mean, than ours. Yeah, so I, I like that matchup just for that reason. I think after seeing how they played tonight, uh, Florida struggled to break into the Leafs zone. So 
I don't know. I like the matchup. I think Tampa's just got way too much firepower. Braden Point scares me. Kucherov scares me. <laughs> That's by far the worst matchup. Vasilevsky can just take any series to at any point. Exactly. Uh, and with the Bruins, I, I have to agree. I mean, if you take them down in the first round, that just gives you like the times eight multiplier to run through the rest. It would be nice. They're depleted versus the team you went against a couple of years ago. Yeah. This could be Bergeron's last year. You know, it's it'd be nice. Slay the dragon, you know. That school yeah. bus line scares me. Corey um, Perry, Pat Maroon, Pierre Edouard Belmar. Like people underestimate how much of a glue guy Belmar is. All right. Like he's I think he's one of the main reasons why the Vegas Golden Knights went as far as they did that first year. But um um, yeah, that 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 line would be one that scares me the most with the Leafs. I, that's why that's one reason why I actually would want to face Tampa first. I want them to kind of get a little bit of fear of playing us first. Like if we spank Boston, I think that would actually benefit us against Tampa. But if we play Tampa first and those guys just happen to, you know, rough us up a little, that's a rough line, man. Like <laughs> I know it's a third line, but it's, it's a rough. Line. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that it Perry is still like instilling fear in fans and players. Yeah, he's uh he's built the reputation, man, and it follows him. And I don't think uh, that hit on, I mean, as accidental as it was, I don't think that hit on JT last playoffs uh, did any dis, yeah. I don't know where, you know what I'm trying to say. I do. I think that kept it up. I'm just lost for words. Um, Montreal Canadiens are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Woot. First team out. Speaking of Corey Perry. Uh Next up is the New Jersey Devils, who are one other team winning away from being eliminated. Somehow, though, the Detroit Red Wings are holding on just below the Boston Bruins, despite being the only team this year to let in one goal. Sorry, they have let in zero goals, one goal, two goals, three goals, four goals, five goals, six goals, seven, eight, nine, ten, and as of tonight, eleven. How in the hell do you let let in all in the same season, all of that? The Detroit Red, Red Wings are sitting at two hundred and fifty three goals against versus the Leafs one hundred and ninety seven. That's crazy. Are you are you joking? Like, I know. No, never mind. They have the worst in the league. Yeah, nope, they have the most goals against. Like you can't blame that all on goaltending. Obviously, that's like systems and defense. But that's, that's oh, but such I thought an more outrageous. I was gonna say, like, how, how are we gonna give how more... are we gonna give that guy a trophy when they're getting scored on like eleven two? Like, I don't care if your goalie's a sieve or not. Like, play better. That's it. Like, you want to you want to yeah? Can, like, you, can we can we just stop this more insider conversation? I'm sorry to yeah, stop trying like, to make more insider happen. It's not can't... gonna happen. <laughs> No, he's a nice player. Michael Bunting but, uh, is winning this Calder yeah. over Moritz Sider. You can't lose eleven and ten and nine and eight, whatever, and your defenseman wins Rookie of the Year. No, that's you can't. Just, that's impossible. Agreed. Uh, they are somehow worse than the uh, who's that? Columbus Blue Jackets with two hundred and forty-six goals against, and the Canadians with two forty-eight, two forty-seven. So, yeah. Wow, there's some really awful, awful teams this year. Um, so let's say the Leafs make it out of the first round and then they make it out of the second, blah, 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 blah. Hypothetically, who do you want to face in the uh, the big Stanley Cup finals if you're looking to the West this year? There's Ooh, Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville, um, St. Louis, 
then Calgary, LA, Edmonton, Vegas. Right now. I mean, it's hard to put Edmonton in that group, but <laughs> I think it'd be cool. <laughs> I don't want to face Calgary. I don't want to face Colorado. Um, I wouldn't want to face Minnesota. Nashville. They beat the shit out of the Leafs. I was going to say, like, Smashville is a pretty Roman Roman Yossi's on fire. Yeah, Smashville. Fucking uh, Minnesota. Mm, yeah, I think it's maybe Minnesota. Sure. sure. Vegas, St. Louis, sure. please. Were we saying the Knights were going to miss the playoffs? Yeah. Like, what uh, changed? Like, <laughs> they might. They still could. They're only uh, three points ahead of Vancouver, and Vancouver has a game in hand on them. Um, so I'd say my picks are L.A., Edmonton, Vegas, and Minnesota, St. Louis. <laughs> I'm going to agree with that completely. Everyone else, I would want nothing to do with. No Calgary, no Nashville, no Colorado. Please and thank you. I know this, you know, just stretching ahead. I'm just trying to fill time while I read my note here. Um, so, final question for the night. We'll start with you, Darty. If you were commissioner for a day, this was a question they threw out in the uh, the intermission that I liked. If you're a commissioner for a day, what's one rule that you would change in the NHL? Problem is, I want to give you my easy, or just one change you'd make. Yeah, like I give you my easy answer right now. I'd fix, I fix the cap situation for sure, and then, um, but again, like that's a lot of you know dollars and cents stuff that like as much as I say, oh, I'll fix it. Like I don't really know all the subtle intricacies that go with fixing, adjusting the cap, you know, and you know maybe you need a lockout for that too, right? That's you know that's what happened well, last time, right? Luxury like, tax isn't. Luxury tax isn't that out of left field to suggest. But uh, I think besides that, I would start looking at uh, reviewing plays. You know, like here's the thing. Like when we we look at, you know, you should look at other leagues for, for reference to how to do things right, right? And and vice versa. Like other leagues should look at your league and say like, oh, you know what? I kind of like the way you do that. And I was going to say like, I think maybe it might be time for the for the NHL to start looking more at uh, reviewing plays kind of the similar way to um, the NFL does it. Uh, or, you know, maybe I guess like in soccer or the VAR, like there might be more reason to do that now more than ever, considering how many just awful, awful calls we're seeing. Right. Like it, 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 I think, I think it would be appropriate to start allowing um, like more, I guess, functional challenges, right? Like you get a, you get a bad flag in the NFL. You can, if you really think that in your heart of hearts that that's a bad call, you challenge that. Yeah. It might take five minutes, might take 10 minutes, whatever. But then they, you know, they finally do that review. They figure it out. So, Oh yeah, it's a bad call. You know, sorry, 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 uh, sorry, stripes, but <laughs> we got to take that one back. Right. It seems like we get screwed by stripes all the time and just a more, I don't know how to explain it. Like a more like, um, representative system than what we have just now. expanding yeah so then the question becomes are you as a fan more comfortable with all of the calls on the ice being right and the game taking longer or would you rather they just cut out these countless video reviews and just play on and call on the ice stands what because if, really that's what it becomes because that's the biggest conversation with baseball right now is how do you speed the game up what if you and adapted the nba style or in the last two minutes of a period then you can review it i like that mm -hmm. i like that because you can't be doing it every play right that'll just slow it down and it takes out the human element of the refing and the game entirety sometimes but if it's yeah. in the last <laughs> two minutes then it's obviously hypercritical <laughs> 
Those two minutes are nail biters, though. If yeah, last watch, two minutes and in overtime. If you watch NBA games enough, you, like especially in the playoffs, you're like, I man, do. like it's just taking too long. Like, come on, like it, it makes sense. And and like you know, if, when you're on the, you know, on the positive end of those um, situations, like you definitely feel better about it. But at the same time, it's like, fuck, it takes forever. And to be fair, like NBA, you're getting a lot more action in the last two minutes. Like you're going yeah. into end every. Every time you're going down the court, it's a possibility for that. Whereas in the NHL, it's not as likely. So they're probably not going to be as many reviews. Yeah, but I mean, if it goes back to that Arizona game, if you could get that that call on Matthews from Chikrin or, you know, from last night in Montreal, there was the non-call that led to a goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can take those back. Yeah, it was a goal called back, too. I, I think in that game as well. I would do it. In yeah, the last Montreal two got one called back for offside. That's another thing is like what it does is it diminishes how much they call on the ice because they have the option to go to review. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of offsides they miss just because they can call it afterwards is insane. <laughs> and the icings they've been calling badly too. But uh, no, I, I like that. Just expanding of the challenges and uh, Are you know, playing maybe the last two minute rule. Yeah, so same question to you here, Sadi. If you were commissioner for a day, what's one thing that you would change, a rule or... I'm getting rid of the trapezoid for the goalies. Like, everyone's talking about skills for players, and I think goalies can be, like, a third defenseman, and if you have a quick breakout, that's a huge advantage for some teams. And you're taking that risk anyways, right? Yeah, like... It speeds up the play of game, and, like, breakout passes, long stretch passes, it can make it more exciting, too. And like, not to mention, there's going to be tons of mistakes too when goalies start going out there. So, I don't know. I don't see nothing but positives. I don't think that's a good one. My namesake was the one who caused it, right? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> the Broder rule. Yeah, that's when like no one was playing pucks except for him and like Patrick Roy. We had to be a psycho Mine back then to take those to chances, be, uh, right? Like, sorry for that. Never goalies like flip the trapper the wrong way just to play the puck. I'm not <laughs> seeing that shit anymore. Mine's going to be uh, ending regional blackouts. And <laughs> it's not just because I'm mad at this. Listen and hear me out. There's a logical explanation behind this. If you're like, I, the, I don't understand what the actual thought behind the regional blackouts is. It's just from what I understand, it's that each team kind of owns a zone that they get regional priority over yes but if you are in the modern age like we are now there is not one sportsnet channel there's like seven and each of them have different games on them and the fact that i can't watch one that's just there and there's not another game on it's just that that one's just blacked out is stupid and like put something else on the channel but my my argument here is if you're broadcasting to more people you are able to sell the advertisements on that broadcast for much, much more money. If you're saying that only people in the Toronto regional zone are seeing this, then that's the only you're selling advertisements to like, I don't know, was that 7 million people? Yeah, you're if you open that up, then you're advertising to everybody in Canada and you can sell much more for each broadcast. Your revenues will blow up and like, how is that a bad thing? I don't understand. Like more money for this league is what they need. Especially no, if you not say to if- mention like their model is always like, we got to grow the game, grow the game. But if you're some kid out West and you can't catch these leaks game, like for example, then why, why the hell can't they watch them? Like you want everyone seeing these games, right? 
Yeah, shout out to NHL 66 that I'm giving advertising money to that could very well go to the NHL. Like, I don't understand why they just sit back and watch everybody outside of the Toronto region switch to streaming services three nights a week. Do you like it's a crime, big crazy. Gary? Like, because <laughs> I don't know, like, if, so here's, here, here's my thought Set on this. my it's laptop like, to piracy. It's like, if I'm Eugene Melnick and I can make money off of Leafs games being broadcast in my area, then, like, duh. Why would I not do that? I don't care. Like people are like, if you have to be a complete and total idiot to not understand that, like that doesn't dictate who is going to come to your games. If anything, um, like I said, if you can make that, ad, if, if you get a cut of that ad money and yeah, it's not your game, it's not your team. Who cares? It's money. And you need that to get your team exactly. functioning. And quite frankly, the more money you have, the more people you can get into your arena. Right. So like, I know maybe, maybe ad revenue isn't as um, crazy as it once was, but like, we need money circulating in this league. Like, I don't know how we have like what 32 teams now. And yet we're like having teams struggle to get to the, <laughs> to get to the, the cap floor. Right. Like, and I'm... yeah. Yeah. Not only that Arizona with, you know how there's like the actual cap hit versus the dollars on everyone's contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona's basically doing the opposite of what Tampa and Colorado and like the Leafs and Vegas try to do. They're paying under the cap floor next year. There should be a penalty. Is for that. that not like uh, no kidding? There should be a penalty. There should be a penalty for that. And I mean, I'm, I know I'm just echoing if anybody listens to them on Dangle's podcast, but this is a problem just as much as going over the cap is. I'm yeah. sorry, but if you have teams that are literally just purposely uncompetitive, that's stupid. It's uh, in the end, Major League Baseball, you see this a lot, too. There's a massive disparity. Major League teams oh. like Yankees are paying two thirty million for their salary, while other teams are paying like thirty million. Your Devil yeah, Rays, the Orioles, and the Angels. There's there's like eight or nine players who make more than most teams' payrolls. Like it's, and you're starting to see on the NHL too. Like it's a big problem. You can't have that. Yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights collectively make, I think, three times what the Arizona Coyotes do. Yeah. That's and they're going to be I playing mean, in a stadium of 3,000 people, right? Like, at that point, you might as well have the heart for Whalers playing because I'm sure they could pull more people than 3,000 and fit them in some, you know, beer league stadium, right? Like, this is that is a, that is kind of, uh, like, bogus. Yeah. Like, I, I'm pretty upset about that. Like, there that's that was even a thought that the the Arizona Cowboys could be playing, like, in a 3,000-person stadium. You, you could, what? How many people can you fit at, uh, you can ring off at Maple Leaf Gardens right now? I could do better. I could I could fill up Maple Leaf yeah, Gardens right now for more money from, and still make more money than the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, the report came from inside the team that uh, the players are basically embarrassed and of course they're not are. looking forward to being laughed at by other teams next These year. These guys played in juniors or like the American under eighteen, and they were playing to way more players than you are right here. If you in go to school, one in Minnesota, it's way bigger barn. Yeah, Harry Sateri, the uh, goalie that they claimed from the Leafs was playing to a crowd of 7,000 in Siberia. He's going to be playing for less than half of that in Arizona. And to Darty's point, like, they were playing the Final Four not too long ago, and they sold out in NHL Arena. Like, what do you do in Arizona? Well, from what I've learned recently is that it kind of makes sense why Bettman's kept it there. Their junior programs in Arizona have blown up. Their AHL team does very well. The problem is the management of the Coyotes. So I think it's it's trying to wait out until somebody competent can take over this team and he keeps thinking that the next person is going to be that one and they all suck for some reason. 
because the opportunity is there. It's just you're also digging out of a hole. I you, mean, you would need a massive spender at, to like save that franchise. And you're looking at rebuilding relationships with the state and all these cities that they've screwed over. Like, it's not an easy project to take over there, man. It. I think that Gary and the league should just do what they did last time and take over the Arizona Coyotes and say, we need to just get this league or this team into the black and on the right path and in a regular NHL stadium in Tempe. And then we'll put it up for sale because, oh my God, nobody can do this ground up rebuild. Like this isn't just rebuilding a team. This is rebuilding an entire franchise. Like, maybe they can't have, have no an NHL franchise. Like you said, yeah. like, they got a great grassroots program. They got a good HL program. Leave it at that. Like try and build on that and not try and do the NHL thing anymore. I'm sure there was a great grassroots program. Shows that it's not working. I'm sure there was a great grassroots program in Winnipeg and yet they took a team out of there. All right. So like, that's a bogus excuse. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh, it's great. We did a great job in Arizona. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's Bush league. It's embarrassing. It's, 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 you know, I'm stealing from, from Bunkus, but like it is Bush league. It's absolutely embarrassing. And it's that like, is. look, like there are, like how how is it make any dollars and cents money? Like if you're not, you know, I said you would literally put more people in Hartford, Connecticut, right now. Like that's like <laughs> why not? If you're worried about like Canadian dollars, like you don't want to go to Quebec City, why not go to Kansas City? Why not go to Houston? There's a couple of other viable options. Yeah, I mean, they've won nine home games this season. Nine. Minneapolis, like, Saint I don't Paul. Care I don't how care. intimate. I don't care how intimate the place is like the if they wanted to make the same amount of money that they are currently, they have to charge three hundred dollars a ticket. Yeah. So it's dollars and like, cents like it doesn't make sense. And if you're like one of the other 31 owners of this franchise, aren't you like pissed off that like you're propping these guys up every year? Well, they already get the maximum five million dollar check of league revenue sharing. Yeah. So. Like, they're not getting any more. Bettman said that very clear. Like, they're not getting any more help. Um, maybe they should get more help um, or just move them. Like, really, either you have to invest the money to save this franchise or move them. You can't just throw a couple million dollars at it and hope it rebuilds itself year over year. Like, that's just not how this is going to work. No. I don't care how, how many first-round picks they have next year. Like, those guys are all going to say... Thanks for picking me. I'm I currently play for my college in a bigger arena than yeah. that, so I'm gonna pass. And it's too bad because like they've had a couple runs where they made like you know the conference finals or the second round, but it doesn't mean shit after the next year because they're so like capitulating that they can't do anything about it. What did Shane Doan commit his entire career for, man? Didn't even Gretzky was down there coaching, like, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that was bad. He's not a coach. <laughs> they've had like like guys in their older tooth years like jr and stuff like that too but wasn't timu down there at one point i don't think he was i was like trying to make a I point about like the minnesota no wild right play. like they play in many like they play in minneapolis play Elder, Paul, right like it's it's not a big that's wouldn't yeah. like relatively Kansas it's not City a big has market. a professional building houston has a professional building like one of the biggest cities in the states and i don't know I'm just saying, it doesn't necessarily, doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be a big city, right? Like I said, like talking about Minnesota Wild, like they don't like 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 Minneapolis, St. Paul. It's not a huge city, yeah. But like you you know no, right. that people will show up to those stadiums. Like like I said, at Arizona, yeah. like we have a what twenty year history of like just being garbage, right? Like it's not, you know, like the support's not there. Yeah, like no, kids, right. the kids want to go and play, right? But like you need 
money, right? Like I said, like even I'm sure Hartford right now is biting at the t, you know, you know, biting at the at the you know at the bit for a team, right? Like if they give the, if you've given them the opportunity, I'm sure they could fill you know at least fifteen thousand at least. And I don't want a team there. I'm just saying. Market, but they do well. Yo, I know this has nothing to do with anything we're talking about, but um, something crazy just happened on the Oscars, and I got to share this. Share it. Will Smith just walked up on stage and smacked Chris Rock. Chris Rock made a joke about Jada. And Will Smith walked straight up and smacked him and said, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. He, like, backhanded him? Yeah, apparently it, like, I don't know if we can play this, but it, it like, happened and it's... Probably can't. Via Japanese television, the uncensored exchange. Oh! Yo, yeah, he straight up walked up on stage and punched Chris Rock in the mouth. I mean, maybe don't talk and walked about back his to his seat. at the Oscars. Oh, man. Oh, that's spicy. But what did Chris Rock say? What did Chris Rock? What was the joke uh, that he said? That like, like, I don't know. He said some joke about Jada, and he said, "Keep my wife's fucking name out of your mouth." Apparently, Rock, uh, so, Rock uh, joked to Smith that he was looking forward to a sequel to GI Jane. Smith stood up from his seat near the stage, strode up to Rock, and slapped him. After sitting back down, Smith shouted at Rock to keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Jeez. Oh yeah, he's pissed. He's yelling from the cr- like from the stands Here. and everything. Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of him. Okay. I guess he I guess he handles yeah, it pretty uh, smoothly. I mean, how else do you handle that? Bro, that's wild. Okay. Um, so next game is against Boston, but like I said, uh, starting tomorrow morning, Sudley and I are going back to Tinseltown filming Christmas movies. So uh, I'm filming for six weeks straight. I'm watching this punch. Did you actually think he hit him? I think he did, bro. Some people are saying it looks fake. I don't know. I don't think he hit him. It might, it might have been fake. I don't know. It looks pretty wild Regardless. anyway uh Sadie and i are working for the next six weeks on set so uh it's gonna be weekends and uh weekends unless staff can jump in in the middle and i'll do some editing when i get home so we will be hitting it with as many episodes as possible so uh barring anything crazy happening we'll be back next weekend so send us anything you'd like to talk about we'll be covering all kinds of stuff by then anything you guys want to close with um, rest in peace to Taylor Hawkins. What a loss! We oh had. my God! Right, Foo Fighters drummer, all-time favorite drummer, one of my favorite bands. Just a complete bummer. Yeah, that really sucks. It's funny. As a drummer, one of, the, damn. one of the members of the Three Days Grace, I believe, was talking about how he only met him twice. But one of the times he did meet him, he like bummed a smoke off him in front in front of like the I guess one hundred two point one The Edge is. Uh, <laughs> I guess they're recording shout studio, room, and I was like, I was like, wow, a little small, like a little small shout out to you know To there, but nice. uh, obviously, like you know, even the little things will uh, you know t- touch people, and like it's you know, guys are rock legend. That's it. Like rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, and uh, shout out to Team Canada for qualifying for Huge. World Cup with a four nothing win over Jamaica today, and hey, Italy <laughs> won in twenty twenty six. I love it.
Can't wait to see what the Love it. draw they're in. Okay, God so far. Yeah, baby. So uh this has been Leafs Light Night. And we Have kept it one. like pretty much under an hour. It felt longer. Like we're at 102. Hour three minutes, baby. Yeah. Sorry for all the swearing, Luke man. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, I feel like I was worse than you for that today. The Night of Post Game Podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And support our Patreon for exclusive content.